That Force Radio. That Force Radio is rated M for mature. Or should that be immature? It's like they flipped a coin. Heads he wins, tails I lose. Harvey Dent, Jeff Loeb, The Long Halloween. everyone and welcome to bat force radio tonight during this ghoulish month of october the halloween month as we continue the bat force long halloween countdown to halloween day and tonight we will be covering issue seven which is the april fool's day issue issue eight which is the mother's day issue and issue nine which is the father's day issue so let's get into it all right all right um so issue seven (laughs) april fool's day nice cover once again Nice flat lime green, same color as the Riddler's um, blazer, which makes it impossible to see where it actually ends, like the outline of him, which is pretty cool. I love that he's holding the holiday gun with a question mark on the hat, and it's like, hmm. Mm. It reminds me of Clockwork Orange. Absolutely, yes. And he's in a puddle. He's standing in a puddle, I guess, to symbolize. Dancing in the rain. No, to symbolize April. April showers are wet or whatnot. Oh, I thought he pissed himself. Probably did. Oh, that's funny. So he cracked. That, that could allude to the end of the story. Anyway. <laughs> so we crack issue seven open. And this is the first time we don't have a full blown splash page, but. One that's actually cut right down the middle. Interesting looking Riddler. He's asking in the first panel who is. And then in the second panel we have Batman trunking away in the Batcave saying holiday with a question mark. Really like the coding that's reflecting off of Batman's face. Do those numbers have something to do with maybe dates or patterns? Serial numbers? I don't know. That's a good question. Mm. You know, he's probably running a bunch of algorithms trying to trace together all the clues and and Mm. have the computer come up with possible links between all the clues that his big bat brain has found. Right. I I just figured out what he's doing. He's (laughs) obviously on (laughs) InStockTrades.com. There we go. He's playing, he's just playing Sudoku. (laughs) (laughs) Fat Sudoku. (laughs) So we, we cut over to the next page and the Riddler has uh, all of the little uh, trinkets or tchotchkes or whatever you want to call them that Holiday's leaving behind to sit. Shenanigans. Each. The pumpkin for Halloween, the snow globe for Christmas, um, the champagne glass for New Year's, the leprechaun, and so on. But Batman has them as well in the Batcave. Yeah. That's one thing I never understood is how could both of them have them in their possession. Well, they're just they just probably got replicas and right. Well, he said like, you can find them at any uh, 
Yeah, five and five dime and dime. store. Yeah. Right. yeah, good point. Uh, I like to think that he's that Batman scanned them in with his utility belt and then uh, 3D printed them shits in the Batcave. <laughs> That's probably what the algorithm was. It was the back computer putting together digital images of scans. Mm. What we're seeing Shags. is Shags. Big Shags 3D printed them at his work. <laughs> <laughs> but just don't say where his work is a warehouse somewhere in the shire <laughs> in so hobbiton I was, actually, I was actually very impressed that they had a 3d printer in hobbitville <laughs> i didn't know they had one in the kingdom riddler and batman are on a mission to try to piece together who this holiday uh, serial killer is we turn the page and we have the riddler with Holiday's handgun in Carmine Falcone's office with uh, so Sophia's big, big old Bertha. <laughs> her big silhouette right in the back of his uh, chair. One panel below, we have Batman um, scanning or uh, magnifying the um, handgun, looking for clues as well, with Alfred in the background um, holding another one. So there's no shortage of these handguns that Holiday left behind, is there? And we'll see why later. Um, so Riddler questions why does Holiday always use the same weapon? And he says he's guessing because he gets them wholesale. We turn WholesaleTrades.com. <laughs> <laughs> wholesale handguns. InStockGuns.com. <laughs> so we turn the page. It goes black and white again. But it's not necessarily what's happening. These are scenarios that are being drawn out. And this first one's pretty cool. We have, um, what do we have in this panel, actually? Catwoman, and she's wearing a trench coat, and she has the gun and a little pumpkin. Right, pretty cool. So Riddler, yeah, he thinks that it could be possibly be Catwoman because the handgun's lightweight and, I guess, more fitting for a woman. That's his um, theory at the moment. Easy on the hand, perfect for the woman, he says. Easy on the trunk. Yeah. <laughs> you turn the next page pretty cool page it's um catwoman diving on the thanksgiving table uh and the um the trench coat is like flaring up just like batman's cape would i thought that was kind of interesting the way sal drew that so he's drawing these scenarios and then we go back to batman in the bat cave who thinks that it might be maroni and the uh, the scene depicting uh his suspicion revisits the uh, murder on the yacht and even shows from a different uh, angle than we saw at the time the unscrewing of that light bulb that's right. what was interesting to me about the uh the new year's because you know it was on the boat on the water so it was a kind of a clue that whoever holiday was had to be somebody that was either invited to the party close enough that they could get up close without being suspected or like uh, you know Riddler's guess he thinks it's Catwoman because she's adept at sneaking in places where only she's able to right so it could be somebody that was in the party that was holiday right so but then we go over from that scenario the next page that I'm on uh, Maroni just putting a bullet right behind <laughs> Alberto Way to go. And the the detail, like the cigarette falling out of his mouth as he as he falls to the ground. Yeah, and his red scarf. I would yeah. take it. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. <clears throat> the Riddler questions, why does the shooter? Why's the? Why does the killer shoot Alberto Falcone anyway? And the answer is because he can. Uh, Carmine didn't like that. And then a 
Riddler retracts with, uh, I only meant that Alberto wasn't in the family business. Um, so, well, you know, I like, I like the way that uh, Riddler is depicted there, kind of similarly manifestations of him. Because even though he's the Riddler, even though he's a supervillain, like they kind of make him look kind of like, like a coward. Pathetic, you know, yeah. The, yeah, he's always, he's never kind of, he he always thinks so highly of himself, but in reality, he's just a really small guy. Like, a, like not just physically, but also I think mentally, like, he's he feels small and inferior, so that's why he allows this Riddler persona to take him over. Mm. And that's kind of like, uh, kind of how he's been depicted for the majority of the time, I think, like, more recently than not. Is, well, he, yeah, uh, he is not, very, in, he's very insecure, and I mean, he, he tries to use his intellect as, you know, kind of a way to bully people to make himself feel bigger than, you know? Right. Yeah. And that's why he's so uptight. I, that was, I love it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly how he's being depicted in, uh, in the episodes of Gotham lately. He's developed that second personality that's a stronger version of himself. Yeah, similar in a way with Scott Snyder's Zero Year or even um, the Arkhamverse where he's just so obsessed with outsmarting yeah. Batman. But in reality, when Batman ultimately has him, he just like cowers in, you know, backs into a corner and just, you know, crumbles. So we have the next page where now they're leading more towards uh, Carla Vitti being the potential killer, Mr. Falcone's sister. Um, Here's where Loeb is just, I mean, he's just taking the reader for a whirlwind. I mean, he's throwing ideas out there that make you think oh yeah that's right that could be that person it could be this person it could be this person you don't know where he's going you know you know why i think that is gramps because um remember when well there's been a lot of interviews with uh tim sale talking about how he wanted to do a longer version to their halloween specials and Loeb was a little um reserved about it uh because he was worried about the reader find figuring out who the killer was into issue like three or four and they still have like 13 issues to do (laughs) so i guess he really made sure that he was throwing you in all different directions he did a great job yeah and uh yeah he really did and sale obviously delivered with the artwork as well i just love how the the, the, the black and white is there and the red is just popping. I think so Riddler has another theory about the possibility of Carla being the killer. Turn the next page and it's a nice splash from That's the, uh, so good. Yeah, the car explosion and then the Thanksgiving. The chandelier dropping and the faces maybe even spaghetti dick in the plates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is cool. This splash page really sums up all the chaos that Holiday has really brought to Gotham. Shootings, explosions, chandeliers, just confusion, and this trench coat with this, with this old school it, handgun. Um, it's it, it's another of Tim's sort of cinematic uh, splash pages. Uh, the same way that a lot of his scenes could be, this could be like you would see in a movie where it just recap of of some of these occurrences when they're talking about carla i found that being really interesting because he makes a good point she was there on new year's and who else could have approached alberto without uh, without him reacting you know she was right there the light bulb just popped right in the back with the gun and so that was so all these theories are being thrown around we turn it over again, and we're back to the Batcave with a struggling Batman just sitting there. Cal still on. You know when he leaves the cowl on in the Batcave? Uh, he's, he's serious? Working. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
Alfred walks up to him. And, uh, good. Uh, Alfred says, "If I may, sir." Actually, uh, Tom here. If I may, sir. I guess that's it. <laughs> <laughs> no. There's one individual who you've overlooked entirely. <laughs> Julian Day. But according to Arkham Asylum's records, which could be altered, I suppose, the Calendar Man remains in their custody. Give me a second here. Let me pull it up there. I was reading. I was reading ahead. I'm sorry. Oh shit. Oh diggity. Oh diggity. Let see it here. Let me just bring it up here. The back. I love the fact that the background is just the back game. It's quite nice there. <laughs> oh. <laughs> hey, have you guys Am noticed I... the back? Um, this is interesting. The back of the back cave. There's like green tiles. Almost looks like Tetris. And uh, I think it flows well with the whole green Riddler theme in this one as well. Oh yeah, he he had to been he had to have Tetris before it came out. Mm. <laughs> he yeah, Wayne Tech. That's that's the Wayne Tech R and D department. <laughs> NBD. R and Ding some Tetris. If I may, sir, in all your theorizing, there is one person you've overlooked entirely. Julian Day, but according to Arkham Asylum's records. Which could be altered, I suppose. The calendar man remains in their custody. It it was not he to whom I was referring. I might only point out oh shit, hang on, I'm driving. <laughs> He's driving. <laughs> don't uh, don't Alfred and drive. Yeah, hang on. I can't even Someone's gonna have to take over, I'm gonna do, kill myself. Do, nah, dude, just I didn't even I didn't know he was driving. <laughs> Do not, yeah, even, do not let my wife That's good enough. <laughs> to, to all our listeners, if that's not dedication, I don't know what is. Batfan forever, driving home on a busy Californian highway after a long day of work, holding his trade up to impersonating <laughs> Alfred for you on the way home. If that's that, not that's dedication. A, that's that's a lot more dedication than just copy and pasting. Oh, gunshot, gunshot. <laughs> So hey, hang on one second. Hang on one second, guys. Hang on. Oh, he's, he's hey, get pulling the over. fuck out of the way! <laughs> he pulled <laughs> See, now they done gone pissed off, Tom. Are, are you in New York? <laughs> he's going to whack someone in the head with his absolute. Fucking... That'll kill the motherfucker, man. Let me tell you. No, I, was, I just came up on a school crossing. So fucking annoying. <laughs> 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 that little kid was... So, kid on patrol. Sir, I'm a safety. Step out of the car. Starts beating Tom. So, Alfred's pretty much hinting, um, or believes that they might have overlooked a possible suspect being that of a Harvey Dent. So, it cuts to black and white again. Uh, we, we see Harvey Dent there saying, two shots to the head. If you ask me, it couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. And then he's cutting over to him, shooting with the handgun, shooting the Thanksgiving table, Coming, oh, here's the part you mentioned, Robin. When uh, Harvey comes home, Gilda noticed that his hair's all wet, and he says it's been snowing. And then the next panel, you have Harvey on a little motorized raft or um, tube leaving the, the raffler. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, leaving the uh, the evidence really does pile up against uh, against Harvey at this point. A possible suspect in the uh, Alberto homicide leaving the yacht. In a boat. Yeah, with, with with all these times that Harvey is out, as we believe to be investigating the case, it doesn't leave him with uh, with a lot of alibis for the times that these murders take place. Exactly. And then Batman makes a good point. He says, uh, Captain Gordon told me how he showed up late on New Year's Eve, and uh, on Christmas he could have followed the Joker from his home and killed um, 
Milo's in the Romans bodyguards. He left the Valentine he left Wayne Manor on Valentine's Day with plenty of time to confront Maroney's men at the restaurant. And he's, he really hopes he's wrong. Then he cut to that uh, cut to that splash page and uh so uh, you have Batman there holding the handgun, but in the bat cave, in the upper left hand corner, what do you guys see? It's a few bats. Alright, it's yeah. a few bats, right? And next to it, it seems to be some kind of uh, device hanging from the wall in the back cave, doesn't it? Yeah. But doesn't it also look like the part that... I see, I see where you're going. Right? Squ- like, pretty much curves around the trigger? Curves. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> go, curve. When you know, when Tim Sale draws, he, he he places so much thought into every little piece of the of the grid he's working on, so I thought that was really interesting. Nice, yeah, there, nice there's story. a reason for everything that he puts everywhere. Exactly. So Harvey really, Dent. So we're in Har- we're back to Harvey Dent's office. So him and Gordon still thinking about uh Wayne being the poss- possible suspect. So what's great is at this point, pretty almost everyone's a suspect. From the rogues to the crime families to the district attorney, the billionaire and everyone in between. Um so yeah. we have two we have two of the main two of the main parties investigating the case suspecting each other. Right. And here's where Loeb wants to make sure the reader has no fucking idea who the killer is, you know? He really wanted to make sure everyone was guessing and continued to guess. So Gordon and Harvey in the office with Vernon and um <laughs> they they're gonna go at um they're gonna go after Bruce. And over in this panel on the next page, uh, we're back in Carmine Falcone's office, and he's pretty—he's uh, not—he's not very entertained. He's pretty disappointed, thinking that he was told there was no riddle that the Riddler could not solve, and yet he just keeps piling one after the other, trying to figure out who this holiday character is. While he's going through all of this, we have uh, Sophia coming up from behind the Riddler, and uh, Sophia looks like she's about. 12 times the size of the Riddler <laughs> in this movie. Yeah, re- really making him look like more of a Her hands twat. look like she could literally squeeze, like, pop his head. And yeah. that's what she appears to be um, starting to do, is just yeah. squeezing his head together as <laughs> Carmine Falcone continues to ask him who is Holiday. Um, and, and you see I'll... blood starting to come out of his nose. Yeah, blood. Well, you can almost feel it. And before I even go to this next panel, I just want to um, talk about how I think Jeff Loeb's way of incorporating some of these rogues is just absolutely perfect in transition because he has Falcone, hi- uh, he's hiring them for information or for sabotage. And it just works very well, especially when you mention how they usually don't work with their kinds, but... It doesn't feel like any of these rogues are really forced in or shoehorned in. Everything just flows perfectly with, with their appearances. So, And in this next page, uh, she's squeezing his head pretty tight, isn't she? Uh, yeah, he's got blood coming out of his nose. <laughs> his face she looks does like... Little... <laughs> like... <laughs> the hammer to the top yeah, of she the She does that, that loony to smack on the top of his head and crushes his hat. <laughs> She played whack-a-mole with him. <laughs> so Carmine Falcone asks the Riddler one last time, who is Holiday? Riddler is at, at an end point at this part and just says, Carmine Falcone with a question mark. 
laughs a little, and then tells Sophia to just throw him the fuck out of the office in the si through the side exit. And then we cut back to black and white again, where Sophia pretty much throws the Riddler out through the side entrance. And what takes place after that? Well, it's raining, and you then you see the uh, gun, and then you see couple shots and then you see all the bullet holes around him right and then riddler says when does a killer not kill right this was one of my favorite endings for an individual issue from the series because uh it did kind of throw us off i really like how sale drew holiday with the umbrella over his or her head but you can't see anything <laughs> yeah that could have been a throw off as well and basically, the Riddler is just outlined with bullet holes. So, Holiday pretty much just spared him and left an umbrella at his feet to symbolize, I guess, the uh, the holiday known as April Fool's Day. So, um, well, also to send a message to right. Riddler to that little snitch Riddler, the snitcher. <laughs> pretty much saying uh, snitches get stitches, bro. Oh shit! <laughs> bye bye. Um, good evening. Alfred Thaddeus Crane Pennyworth here, imploring you to listen to Bat Force Radio. It's what I always do when Master Bruce is out late on patrol. Cup of tea, warm fire, and Bat Force Radio. Cheers. Batman Long Halloween issue 8 entitled Mother's Day and, uh, really, uh, solemn and sad, but clever, um cover once again we have like a a dark deep slate blue flat background in a cemetery the moon and some trees behind it and we have a young bruce wayne placing flowers at the base of his mother's tombstone martha wayne the beloved one to um bring in the idea of mother's day perfectly and sadly we crack open issue eight and boom another splash page and we have a very blown out androgynous drawing of calendar man Saying. He looks like Uncle Fester. I was thinking more like Rosie O'Donnell, like <laughs> with her head shaved. Jesus, <laughs> how fussy, mate! Oh, that's just mine. Rich, that's Rich's way of editing. He was, he was doing a public service. The <laughs> <laughs> <A> public serviceler. <laughs> the censler. <laughs> <laughs> and we have Batman back in Arkham Asylum. Um, right, what Rich was saying with all the paper clippings. And uh, it turns out Calendar Man is, obs is as obsessed with finding out who Holiday is as much as everyone else, isn't he? Well, I want to know who's given him newspapers. Because he's, <laughs> he's, in the, he's in Arkham Asylum. They just don't. Oh, here's your daily newspaper, Mr. Julian Day. <laughs> Jeez, he's, he has he's a not... subscription in jail. He, he, this scene not... reminds me of Silence of the Lambs, where yes. the 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 person investigating the crime goes to a person who is an expert in that type of crime yeah. uh, to to get their their uh, point of view. Mm, right. The calendar Man says it's May. You said you would have caught her by February, and that statement alone kind of emphasizes how desperate everyone is growing to actually catch this killer known as holiday and uh, batman goes i know what we said <laughs> so he's pretty pissed and the calendar man goes he's making he's making quite a name for herself holiday 
soon the calendar man will be forgotten. So maybe his motive or obsession with holidays is the fact that that killer might overshadow uh, whatever legacy calendar man has. Yeah, I think it's interesting how, uh, you know, he has an obsession because holidays taking over his, you know, mystique. And then Joker was obsessed because he's becoming, you know, the top killer in the town. Right. So all the rogues, they're just as interested in Holiday as, as uh, you know, Batman and Gordon and, and Dent. Mm, exactly. And the readers as well, if you're reading this book for the first time, and at this point, you're probably as obsessed in terms of finding out who Holiday is as the rest of them in Gotham. And then Batman asks, why didn't she kill on April Fool's Day? Point twenty two bullets and an outline around the Riddler. Perhaps he taught to take the date seriously. April Fool's no killing day. Alright, so Batman's trying to get whatever information or theories he can out of Calendar Man. And um, then, all of a sudden, someone, I guess a guard comes running and asks Batman for help. There's been an escape on level 4. And uh, as Batman exits back into the hallway, I love this part as well because... It's all brick stone in the interior that make up the interior walls of Arkham. And that's a really old, dark feel to Arkham Asylum, if you ask me. Um, the way Sale drew that. Yeah, it looks like Calendar Man is basically held in a dungeon. Exactly, right. And what's interesting as well is Calendar Man's cell looks very modern. It's very well lit. There's, there are no bars, but just a glass door. Maybe a, um, a sliding door. And as Batman exits, it's just all brick and stone, as if he's in the medieval times. So I kind of like that contrast. Calendar Man wishes, wishes him a happy Mother's Day. He leaves and notices that um, Dr. Jonathan Crane has escaped. I like how Calendar Man, as Batman left, you know, in a panic, he said, Happy Mother's Day. And that, that could, could kind of go both ways. It almost kind of alludes to the fact that alludes to the theory that maybe Julian Day may know that Batman doesn't have a mother that's mm. alive. Or it could just mean that it's Mother's Day. He knows that there's going to be a death soon. Right. That's a good point. He definitely knows <laughs> something is going to he could be saying it's a female killer. I like Calendar Man in this role better than if he were like on the outside doing heinous crimes on, on Calendar Days. Right. Yeah. He seems to have more presence in Arkham as opposed to Gotham. Obviously, he's getting a newspaper every day. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Bring him fucking coffee. <laughs> yeah. Really Canadian. His cell doesn't have any... His cell is just a uh, glass window with a door. He can leave anytime he wants. <laughs> I'll be back in five. He goes and gets a paper. <laughs> just needed a donut. So Batman is in Jonathan Crane's cell talking about how he strangled his mother years ago, how Dr. Crane strangled his mother years ago. And he he, he grabs the bar, the window bars, and just pulls them open, doesn't he? Fucking yeah, he Jesus. rips them open. I love that. Jesus. Like, Tim Sale, Fucking did a monstrous Batman. And this, is, this next splash page is amazing. As Batman looks out the window from Arkham Asylum... We have the Scarecrow on a horse with the horse's front legs kicking up. I love this panel. This what? is, like, creepy as shit. It really is. Me and too. One could always ask, where the fuck did he get the horse? Because you know? <laughs> I have no idea. 
But that image alone is just so like, oh shit, Scarecrow's in this now. This is pretty badass. They have just a side the- story. It's just Batman searching for the horse. <laughs> <laughs> the next, it, it's page. reminiscent of uh, reminiscent of Dark Knight Returns uh, with Batman on the horse. You know what? It's probably yeah. It's probably homage. This, yeah. Because um, hey, they let they were allowed to use Carmine Falcone, and they did pay some homage to Miller and possibly Deanie early on in the story. <laughs> so I could definitely see that. Scarecrow looks so good on a horse. You know, the whole Ikiba Crane thing, Hellas Horseman thing. So yeah. it's so fitting. And it's a Halloween tale, so to speak. So I really wish they would have made a figure of him like that. I mean, the Dark Victory one's close, but this is really fucking badass. Yeah, that hat. That yeah, looks like a witch's hat almost. is really badass. Um, and then the next page, it's a centerfold double splash page where... Batman is just knocking Crane right off the horse. And what always gets me with this piece of artwork is the horse's face. <laughs> Jordan. He <laughs> <laughs> has this stupid ass smiling tongue hanging out grin or smile. Yeah, it's, it's a very dirt-faced horse. Yeah. <laughs> He's got his tongue out. What the fuck? And always remember that, you know, Sale is totally aware of everything he's doing. So he wanted that horse to look silly while these two were going at it. I mean, look how pissed off Batman looks as he's just knocking Scarecrow off the horse. <laughs> just, yeah. You know? And uh, Batman says, did you think you could get away? Did you? Like, just really pissed off. So this next panel on the next page... It's a real beauty. That's as Halloween as it gets. First of all, look at that moon and those clouds, man. Yeah, that's awesome. That is as Halloween as you were going to get. Batman is holding Scarecrow and he's asking, who helped you? Who set this up? Give me a name or I'll... And then he says, no. And then uh, it appears to be the Scarecrow is an actual Scarecrow. There's no body. It's just straw. His head falls off. <laughs> Kind of comical. That's a, pretty, <laughs> that's a pretty good mannequin. Yeah, so it was a ruse. And you turn the next page, and there were, oh, what appears to be chemical toxins um, coming out of the uh, the head? Yeah, it's or? coming out of the head of the scarecrow. You oh, know, right. he it was a booby trap. All right, so, uh, yeah, fear toxins coming out of the head that Batman just knocked off of this actual scarecrow. Batman's, um, he's, inf- you know, he's fucked right at this point because uh, <laughs> scare fear toxins. Technically no speaking. <laughs> <laughs> now the next page, we head back over to um, Wayne Manor, and let me tell you, at this point, Sale is really kicking ass. I mean, even if you look at this little panel. On the upper le- upper left hand corner, uh, the Wayne, cars. right. But look how he draws the the sirens and the lights going off, similar to the way the yeah. I thought of... I thought it was maybe lights shining off of the that guard tower as well. Right, and yeah. that's yeah, the same look we're seeing on the because that's in the previous page actually. And once again, uh, Gordon's at Wayne Manor, and Alfred's getting to sum it up. Alfred's getting pretty sick at of people coming and asking about. Bruce Wayne's whereabouts or his relationship to Carmine Falcone. Alfred actually says that he has no connection to Falcone this time. And then we cut over to Gotham City Bridge. 
where uh, Sophie is holding what appears to be this little East Asian man. I guess yeah. choking him out for some information, huh? Yeah, he uh, fucking a. <laughs> he don't. <laughs> he don't look too happy. Yeah, right. and and he just talks. <laughs> to sum it up, Sophie is holding this guy and choking him for information about. Uh, the handguns, the .22 pistol that Holiday is using. So the guy gives up um, a name, Chung's Tea House in Chinatown is where they're making them. Sophia then drops him off the bridge. <laughs> no big deal. Well, he right. says, please what, let what, me what go, and she does. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, uh, what, the, what the guy reveals is that uh, the guns are made by some. Well, he knows someone who goes by the name Gunsmith. And says that once a month he makes a custom twenty-two pistol. Then the guy asks for Sophia to let him go. She drops and him and says, "What?" <laughs> Chloe Kardashian drops him off the ledge. <laughs> oh, Jesus! Oh, oh, <laughs> Keeping up with the Falcones. <laughs> <laughs> so we head over to the next page. Everything goes black and white again, and we're in front of Chong's tea house. So when it goes black and white. Something's about to happen again. It appears Holiday has already been there because once Sophia arrives, she walks in to see that there's a, a flower basket on the floor with the word mother yeah. and a tag on it and Holiday's signature handgun on the bottom. Holiday has already been there and killed the gunsmith or the guy who was making the guns, I guess. What? Yes, Honda yeah. from Street Fighter. But... <laughs> In, uh, in, yeah. in, t- in typical <laughs> cell fashion, he always puts something in the corner. And if you look in the lower right corner, there's all those custom 22 hand pistols. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Cool dragon tattoo on his chest. Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, I thought yeah. that was actually blood. Oh, good point. Wow. The observer. <laughs> the observer. <laughs> so then we cut over to the next page. And we're back. Alley. Yeah, we're back in Crime Alley, where Bruce, where Bruce Wayne's parents were gunned down and killed right in front of him. You know, while while we talk about and praise, you know, the artwork of of Tim Cell, this is a panel, or this is a part of the story where the colorist Gregory White just really stands out. I mean, right, the way the way he paints the city is a dark blue purple look, but Crime Alley's red. The, the wall's red with, you know, kind of looks like blood on the wall. Right. And it's an interesting time to have that kind of shift in the, the color tones because at this scene, Bruce is under the effect of the fear talks. Exactly. Actually, if you look at the second page where we're on right now, Gordon's shadow that's cast along the brick wall looks that of a monster, doesn't it? Yes. Hmm. A pretty large shadow coming from uh, the distance away that he is. Right. So, yeah, I think their um, use of color in these panels definitely emphasizes that ba- that Bruce Wayne is definitely under uh, the spell of fear toxin and is just seeing everything in a very dark way at this point. So, so Gordon and a police officer are chasing Bruce Wayne down under the, you know being that he's under the suspicion of uh, I guess being a killer and working with Carmine Falcone. I like uh, that, um, you know, obviously the Long Halloween's relatively early in Batman's career. I like how Jeff Loeb shows him to be, you know, he's not really at his A game as far as an experienced crime fighter because he's still uh, 
gets put under the influence of poison ivy's toxin and and the fear toxin as well the right? fear toxin and stuff so he hasn't developed all the antibodies and and, and falling for the ruse as well y- the scarecrow yeah that's a rookie move well this is year two so he's still definitely you know yeah trying to figure it all out um and uh great panel it, again if you look over to the next page that right long narrow panel where there seems to be almost like a silhouette of a dark bird or eagle or something just looking down on where uh oh wait actually that's um over the oh yeah. oh shit is that him Drunkless. shit oh shit <laughs> the shitler the shitler <laughs> Trunks on, oh, trunks on lunch break. Trunks like we're on <laughs> iTunes. Lunch <laughs> oh shit! What's up, Trunk? What's going on, guys? What's going on, buddy? I'm just uh, trying. I was listening to see where we were. Uh, what story? What yeah, we're just wrapping up issue eight. <laughs> what story? <laughs> what story? Uh, <laughs> issue eight of a uh, year. Well, he's so running some... through Crime Alley, and then. He freaks the fuck out. What do you want? Uh, what I, yeah, what yeah, I was in, saying. In his uh, mind, he and his mother are running from an assailant. Right. And that that silhouette of him like climbing it. over the edge of the building is definitely in the shape of some kind of what appears to be bird, like a wingspan almost looking back That's down true. at Gordon. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah I think it kind of looks bat-like. Right. Uh, the, the flaps of his trench coat. Uh, we have... Bruce running along the edge of a building and um, then it cuts to the next panel where it shows Bruce as a young boy so I guess that's how he sees himself during the fear toxin effects as he's running away from Gordon and then he jumps into traffic fuck wow I actually lands on top of that bus he jumps in the trunk of that bus (laughs) (laughs) himself He said, oh, diggity, I got to get in the trunk. (laughs) That bus is going to take me somewhere safe. Probably going to do 140 on the highway. (laughs) (laughs) Got to get my van. Damn, looking at this now, um, slowing down and going over it. Wow, that's really cinematic. That definitely feels like something right out of a movie, just jumping right on top of a... Run, jump onto the bus. Right, just freaking the fuck out. And, and we... Captain Gordon the whole time's thinking, "Eh, this is just a billionaire guy. He, he nothing <laughs> special about this guy." Yeah, yes. it's like doing. He flips. just jumped off a fucking roof. <laughs> 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 he must be scared. Mm. Well, so in the next panel, we go back. Uh, he just entered the cemetery. Uh, look at that moon, huh? So fucking Halloween. I love it. Um, Gordon's now in the cemetery as well by a mausoleum, and he's saying. We take this slow, no shots fired, um, unless I give the command. And then they got a, uh, a helicopter in the air with a spotlight. Cut over spotlight to... hitting Bruce, uh, clutching his mother's headstone and crying. Right. Ugh, what a scene. So basically, um, Batman, I mean, Bruce Wayne is under the fear toxin. So that brings out your deepest fears. And he's going back to the night his parents were murdered. So that's why he's just pretty much on the ground crying hysterically and clutching onto his mother's tombstone. So many goddamn toys, mother. This is Batman Villains, aka the Trunkler. Keep that shit locked on Bad Force Radio. You ready, Trunky? 
Yeah, well, I mean, I was, you know, that. Oh, for fuck's I mean, sake. No, it's usually when Shags is talking shit. (laughs) (laughs) Batman, The Long Halloween, issue number nine, entitled Father's Day. And here we have a very similar cover to the Mother's Day issue. Only this time we have a full-grown Bruce Wayne in his Batman cowl. In front of his father's tombstone, Thomas Wayne, holding up um, flowers that he's about to place on the... The two covers between the Mother's Day and the Father's Day probably tells you a lot about Bruce's psyche, you know? I mean, male son, you know, Mm. especially one that watched his parents, you know, killed at an early age. You know, at a point of him, you know, a lot of the things that happened to us as kids... You know, if, uh, you know, there's like a tragic event and stuff like that. Psychologists will tell you that a part of your psyche actually freezes at that moment. So a part of Bruce Wayne in his psyche froze as, you know, the seven or eight year old that watched his parents, you know, die. Every Mother's Day, he still, in a way, acts as a small child when it comes to Mother's Day, but then when Father's Day come as the male heir to the Wayne family, you know, that's when he takes, you know, his his place as, you know, the the adult, the the Batman, the person that's coming to get, you know, revenge on the death of his parents. Yeah, definitely. I re- yeah, you're abs- I think you're spot on and yeah. I always looked at it in a similar way as well where uh, to his, to the mother figure, you're always a little boy to the mother figure, but to your father, you want to be right. a man to your father to be something your father would be proud of. So, um, well, exactly, and that's what I'm saying. You know, is that you know, yeah. come Mother's Day, it's almost like he retreats back into that shell of a, of right. a small child. But Father's Day, you know, he he wants to be a man. You know, and, yeah, and, it's kind of cool to see how they visually portray the relationship between him and his mother and him and his father as well in that aspect um and then we crack open issue nine and then we have a big old splash page again of thomas wayne bruce wayne's father and he just looks a little um alarmed Uh, someone's at the door and he has another holding another person and he's apparently something happened to him he's all bloody is that that's Carmine Falcone, right? <clears throat> In the right. Head. All right. So Carmine no, well, Falcone. Kind of. I mean, the 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 guy holding the Carmine. Yeah, he's the body being carried. Mm. Carmine is the the person hurt. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Um. So the guy. But in this the hat... actually is telling the um as the reader, this is kind of giving us some background on why. You know, uh, Harvey Dent, or you know, has a suspicion of the connection between it, Bruce and the Falcone yeah. family. So the Falcones um, sought after some help from Thomas Wayne after there was a little battle with the Maronis. Luigi Maroni looks like he shot one of them, and so he's on the table. And uh, Thomas Wayne's pretty much saving his what his life. And uh, now, what's really interesting and this next panel is how dated they made this book because here we have him performing what appears to be minor surgery, getting the bullet holes out. 
by candlelight. Mm-hmm. I found that really in that's a, that's a really old school feel to to do it that way. Um, I'm not sure. It's what... weird because there's a huge chandelier up at the top. <laughs> well, they didn't want to wake up Martha. I work they... better in the shadows. Yeah. They didn't. They didn't want to wake well, up Martha and Bruce. Is, you know. And um, looks like I'm... Alfred's preparing a syringe yep. to sedate um, or numb out uh, the shotgun victim, and um, Bruce <laughs> Wayne's watching from upstairs by the top of this. At the top of the stairs at his father Lost saving sword. pretty much father's saving a criminal's life like he says he goes that was the night i realized my father saved carmen the roman falcone mm, right it didn't really matter who it is though at being a, a doctor you know someone is brought to you bleeding from a gunshot wound you, you have to help that's true you, know, you can't just let him die well he's the son of this criminal guy yeah, that's I'm true. just gonna let him die. Doesn't matter who it is. That's it's kind of like the uh, the doctors have some kind of creed or an oath or something. Yeah, where... the the uh, Hippocratic oath. Right. Where and must... and it's much like there have been numerous times where Batman could have allowed Joker to die and he saved him. Mm. Well, right. that's that's that goes with my theory that you know Bruce being the son of a doctor kind of almost transposes that that same oath that his father took as a healer. Right. And that's one reason why he probably won't kill. Right. Is because he still shares that philosophy that his father had. Absolutely. I love it. I I love what Bruce did take from his father before his father died. Um, (laughs) His father, as well as Alfred, were just, they were men of, they're men of principle. Bruce really extracts all, extracts all of that from them and applies it to the way he fights crime, even though it's very unorthodox. So, that's a good one. But now we see Bruce Wayne in jail behind bars. <laughs> All right. Not too happy. We cut to the next page and uh, looks like they're in. <clears throat> oh, this is interesting. All right. So they're in the courtroom. Right there in the courtroom. They're questioning Alfred. I love Alfred's responses to all yeah. these questions. Yeah. He, he's such he's he's like just a real smart ass. <laughs> snooty prick well, but he's right on the money so well actually, and even yeah. in previous in the previous issues where like the valentine's day where uh harvey and jim gordon went to go talk to alfred and he kept on bringing up don't you guys have something you should be doing and you know just yeah. being a smart ass mm. but mm. emphasis on the smart yeah so um so it was a harvey dense questioning and he's saying uh you still contend under oath that Thomas Wayne never accepted any sort of payment from Vincent Falcone. Then explain to us the relationship that continues to this day between the sons, Carmine Falcone and your employer, Bruce Wayne. He goes, to my knowledge, they do not have one. And then then Harvey goes, um, but before I even get to what he says, um, the way Tim Sale draws this panel of Harvey Dent in the courtroom is rather interesting, oh, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, very mm-hmm. Basically, uh, there's a shadow cast on half of Harvey Dent's face in the courtroom, uh, painted in this very violet sort of tone, and he actually looks like Two Face in that panel. Very good. Spoiler alert. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Very abrupt foreshadowing. Then please tell the grand jury, tell me why. Why didn't Thomas Wayne report the crime? So that Luigi Maroni would be behind bars and the city wouldn't be in the grip of Carmine the Roman Falcone. <clears throat> Alfred Pennyworth responds with, Perhaps Dr. Wayne did file a report, but Gotham City was different than the police, even the district attorney's office. 
um, were rife with graft, and which were very true. And uh, he wrote, several months later, Dr. Wayne and his wife were murdered. The most decent people I have ever known gunned down in these very streets. To this day, the killer was never brought to justice. Perhaps Gotham City is not all that different. And <laughs> and then uh. I love Gordon, he cuts the Gordon. He's Gordon like, goes, Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, fuck. Gordon's like, yeah. <laughs> oh, that cost us. He's rubbing his chin. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, this this needs to be a movie. This has to be a movie. Animated or live. I don't care. It has to be. one. It'll happen one day. So good. So then we cut back to. Who's this guy in the. Tomato fields, is it? Roni. Maroney's dead. Oh, okay. So here we have um, Maroney's father talking about he how he should have finished the job years ago. Uh, five shots to the chest that he gave him. And uh, Maroney's talking about because of this holiday goon, all of his guys are dead. And asking how does he fix this mess, Lou. And Lou goes, you can act like a man. <laughs> <laughs> And he goes, this is about Falcone. You got to get, you got to get the Roman before he gets you. And uh, we cut to black again, and black and white again, don't we? This thing is the look or the expression on the on that first dog's face. There's three dogs <laughs> yeah. in the panel. That first, oh, really? the, yeah, that first dog is like. Roro, Raggy. Roro. He's like, no more biscuits for me. <laughs> So the dog, the dogs are alerted through the leaves or the grass maze or whatever you want to call it. We have Holiday again taking a shot right at Vincent Falcone. Vincent or uh, Maroni. Sorry. All right, Vincent Maroni, and he's oh. pretty much on the ground. And the other guys, Luigi, it's Sal. Sorry, it's right? So Luigi Sal Maroni. Luigi Maroni. Just All right, so Holiday just shoots Luigi Maroni dead in the chest. And Sal Maroney is looking in disbelief as Holiday escapes the uh, grass maze while the dogs are chasing him. Holiday pretty much leaves a um, a necktie in um in a box in an open box with the gun again to symbolize Father's Day. And uh, yeah, Sal doesn't look too happy while he's holding his dying father, does he? Interesting about this splash page is, all right, if you look in the background, right, those the style of that uh, the the roofing and those trees. It all screams Italy, absolutely mm -hmm. Italian. And I'm wondering, I mean, it doesn't really specify. It reminds me of the part when um, the Godfather, when he has a heart attack. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, he's got the tomato. He's going to make a red sauce. <laughs> hey, <laughs> look at the red sauce. Hey, yo, red sauce. Oh, I love that a fucking family guy. <laughs> Peter, you can't just make those sounds and think you're speaking Italian. Peter, just because you have a mustache doesn't mean you're Italian. <laughs> Shut up, Lois. Hey. We cut back to the Roman's penthouse. And then Big Bertha, she walks in. Hey, Dad, what's going on? You got the gravy sauce? <laughs> so, so Sophia walks back into Carmine Falcone's office and uh, talking about how Bruce Wayne got acquitted in about a minute and a half. No big deal. Yeah. Rich uh, is losing it right now. Yeah. <laughs> so 
He's like, I love it. <laughs> Spitting M and M's all over the place. <laughs> and okay, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Batman is so funny. <laughs> okay. Focus. Keep like, recording. Well, like the bottom of that page where. Oh, for uh, fuck's sake, Scott. I'm trying to continue on. Jesus Fuck. Christ. I'm sit here and just keep on laughing. <laughs> Fuck's sake. So, Sophia walks into Carmine Falcone's office, talking about Bruce Wayne getting acquitted in a minute and a half. And then in the bottom panel, you can see Falcone and Sophia through what appears to be binoculars in that shape, right? Yeah. Right. That's like the first time, I mean, when, since when you first see Sophia, you know, when you only see her eyes when she gets out of prison, all the way up until this point, she's always had that, you know, stern, hard, badass kind of look, like she doesn't take shit from anybody. But if you look, she's actually kind of like, almost looks like she's smiling. She, Very good you know, The first time she's Who's actually kind of normal, I guess. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. She looks happy. She actually looks like she has some color in her face, maybe even lipstick on, you know, more of this warm, approachable look to her. And through the binoculars, we see her giving Carmine Falcone um, uh, a Father's Day present. Tie? Uh, oh, the tie. I, I think, yeah, it's a tie that uh, that she's getting. The uh, typical Father's Day present, just like the one that was left at uh, right. at the scene where Maroni was yeah. shot. So while we're while we're viewing all of this, we're viewing it through uh, binoculars because that's the way Tim Sale drew it. And then uh, when we turn the page, you can see Catwoman in a splash page on the rooftop, uh, holding the binoculars or goggles or zoom goggles in her hands, and the um, that audio device, a switch in her right hand as well, the satellite, spying on them, seeing. With some surveillance equipment, trying to see what's going on. Uh, just want to look at the background real quick. Love the way Sale does the steam coming up from mm-hmm. the pipes or the smoke or whatever. And the yeah. moon up there being kind of covered by the clouds. Right. Yeah. Really cool. Well, and even uh, through the speaker, you know, Sophia saying Papa, because all Falcone said was, I appreciate the gesture, you know, almost like he's talking to one of his goons, you know. Right. Not even... Oh, thanks, daughter. And actually, in the bottom of that page, right before the splash page where you see it's Catwoman, Sophia kind of has her head down like, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, disappointed. Thank you. Yeah, because uh, Carmine basically just said, shut up, Meg. This is where Loeb and Sale first humanized Sophia. Prior to this, she seems like this giant killing Fruit. robot. You know? Well, she was crushing Riddler's head. <laughs> yeah. And in that Catwoman splash page um, on the bottom right on that stone, you could actually see uh, Tim Sale signed it, TS-97. I thought that was kind of interesting as well for his splash page. And coming over to the right, you have Gordon coming home, probably late as usual with his son James is in the crib and has a a fur dada um, Father's Day card and another tie. (laughs) A box and a tie that Gordon receives, and uh, his wife in the background as he comes home. She sees him put it on. And then the, the next page. Is, um, what's up? I was going to say the tie is just a normal tie with uh, his hand son. Prints on hand prints all over it. Yeah, pretty cool. And you know, then what's kind of cool is that Jim, you know, he's home after a long day of the shit storm that has got 
he takes off his business tie and he actually puts on his son's tie, which I kind of thought that was yeah. kind of cool. You know, and he's got kind of got a smile on his face, like mm. you know, he Jim's actually happy. You know, yeah, like it's kind of like at the end of the day moment where everyone's just winding down, and then we cut over to Harvey Dent's house. Um, where Gilda is asking for him. He's downstairs in the basement, uh, just sitting in the dark, isn't he? And he's talking about how he went to see his father that day. And um, Harvey's talking about how his father is still crazy as ever and how he gave him something. The coin. So yeah. Right, so he gave him the coin. Harvey continues to go on about uh, talking about, I was so sure that Bruce Wayne was doing favors for the Falcone family, but a jury of my peers didn't agree with me. <clears throat> it's like they flip, flipped a coin. Heads he wins, tails I lose. And Bruce Wayne, with all his money, his good family name, goes back to high society, leaving the rest of us to take care of what needs to be done while he's looking at the coin. And... um. At this part, you could see how Harvey Dent is just pretty much giving up in the system, isn't he? Yeah, yeah something that's uh, a common theme uh, later on uh, when he's Two-Face is his references to how he felt let down by the justice system of Gotham City. Right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The panel with his hand. That's awesome. Yeah, where it's like yeah, the, it's half, half the hand, hand is shadow and then it's calm up. Good observation, though, man. So Harvey really Dent's hands, Harvey Dent's hands holding the coin, and his hands open, and a shadow is cast on half of his hand. The very and, first panel, when you turn the page, you see this giant lightning bolt. Right. You know, and that that just told. I mean, from that point on, it just sets the the tone. And then uh, it, it gets inside the building, and it looks like it, uh, as it was set up by the lightning. It looks inside like like a Frankenstein laboratory. Exactly, with the chains and the crows, scarecrow in front of what appears to be a cauldron. He has like beakers and vials. His little lab set up. Right, his like chemist lab and his large book in front of him. Very, almost as if like a. Like what a witch would have to make a potion or a spell song or singing a song. What was it? Uh, patty, cake, patty cake, patty cake, baker's man. Bake me a cake as fast as you can. Roll it, pat it, mark it with a B, and put it in the oven for Batman and. And then he gets. Would you like some more tea? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, Scarecrow's cooking something up where he's abruptly interrupted by no other than the Mad Hatter. Bringing them a tray of tea. Look at how they, uh, whenever Mad Hatter talks, I mean, the way that they write the wording, it's, you know, all lowercase and one uppercase. Yeah. Just like Shag's breaking in with the tea. <laughs> Bloody smart. Huh? Quite smart. <laughs> now, now I definitely have to get that long Halloween Mad Hatter figure. <laughs> <laughs> it's just. Yes, perfect. I know. I, I was thinking that just have a bunch of fucking tea with them, you know. This is Jervis Tetch with Gotham's Haberdashery, home of Gotham's finest hats and men's clothing. Come on in for a fitting. We guarantee our hats will blow your mind. Jervis Titch, delusional, schizophrenic, homicidal, the Mad Hatter. A scarecrow continues to scream at the Mad Hatter. 
So these two would go. So the Scarecrow and the Mad Hatter, man. Two, two of some of the most odd and eerie, creepy rogues in the whole gallery of Gotham seem to be working together to some extent. <laughs> it's a goofy pairing. <laughs> when, when they're um, interrupted by uh, Carmine Falcone, and uh, he he goes on about how he didn't go through this time and expense to assist. And oh, and in, in their early release from Gotham to argue about cake and tea, and um, he talks about so how now business... now we know who it is that got uh, that got Scarecrow, right? Uh, mm-hmm. and... Right. So so now once again we see Carmine Falcone reaching out to the notorious rogues of Gotham. First it was Poison Ivy, then it was the Riddler. Now he's reaching out to scarecrow and the mad hatter so and before them uh bringing out his getting his daughter out of prison as well right who's like uh frankenstein is anybody getting he's getting desperate now just pulling more people out of prison to try to solve this problem for him right yeah he's on does anybody else ever call falcone's men falcronies (laughs) i do now (laughs) nice i never thought about that one time <laughs> I'm gonna buy me some of them Falcronies. Hope they put them on some variant covers. Damn, I'm gonna get about six or seven of them. Mm. I'm gonna get a CGC. Oh shit! So then we cut back to Wayne Manor, Bruce Wayne, staring up at a portrait of his mother and father, talking about. <clears throat> so if my father hadn't saved the Romans' life, all the lives, all the violence, how different Gotham City might might be. And um, Alfred says. If I may, sir, your father would have done the same for anyone who would come to the door. That was his way. But I can't help wondering what might have happened if... It would be as fruitless as my wondering, sort of father. Had I been a different sort of father to you, how better your life might be? (laughs) Master Bruce? I... I I just miss him, Alfred. Is that so wrong? No, there's nothing wrong with that. You are very much... Your father's son. You guys okay? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just mesmerized. Someone's crying. Fell over. (laughs) So basically, you were in Wayne Manor where Alfred and uh, Bruce are just sitting. Well, Bruce is sitting. Alfred's standing on the the steps overlooking the same area where Thomas Wayne saved uh, Falcone many years ago, wondering. What would have happened if he didn't? If Gotham City would have been a different place. Mm-hmm. Then we cut over to the last page of this issue. Harvey's walking into his office talking to Vernon. Harvey Dent. <laughs> Vernon. Shifty old Vernon. Standing. Looks like Dilbert. <laughs> Dilbert. <laughs> he looks like Dilbert. He fucking does. Oh my god. We need a figure of Vernon. Fucking now. Dilby. <laughs> So basically, um, Maroney is standing in Harvey Dent's office with blood all over his suit and hands, holding the tie. He tells uh, Harvey, you want a piece of me? We both want a piece of Falcone. Maybe it's time we found out what we could do for each other. So now Maroney's reaching out to Harvey Dent, um, trying to get down to the bottom of of everything that's going on with Falcone and um, Holiday. So... Shit's about to get real. Everyone's getting desperate at this point. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Going to the uh, Maroni going to the DA to to get help. And a Falcone reaching out to Scarecrow and the Mad Hatter. 
<laughs> yeah, emptying out the prison to to get everyone that he can. <laughs> well, and even back with the uh, when Poison Ivy, uh, the St. Patrick's Day issue, um, Carmine even says, um, you know, after uh, Catwoman saved Bruce from Poison Ivy, and at the end of that issue, when Poison Ivy goes to Carmine's office, he's like, "Yeah, no one can know about this because we usually have a rule about dealing with, you know." working with people like you, you know, like the crazies. Though. So that's going to do it for this episode, and keep tuning in for the epic conclusion to the Bat Force Long Halloween Countdown to Halloween Day as we wrap up this masterpiece. Thanks again, friends, and as always, Happy Halloween Month.